Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome to an Iron Brew podcast in conversation episode. You've got Bramel, Matt Blanchard, and Matt Ellis. And today we are going to be talking to former Scunthorpe United player and former Scunthorpe United manager. And that's, of course, Ian Barraclough. How are you doing, Ian? Evening. You Okay. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate this. Uh, we want to go. Let's go straight into this then. Uh, and we thought we'd start just uh, a little bit uh, about your time before you came to Scunthorpe United. So obviously you had significant spells at uh, Notts County and also QPR. So maybe just tell us a little bit about your experiences at those clubs. Yeah, um, well, I started at Leicester as a, as a kid, uh, which is a hometown club. Um, made my league debut, my, my debut with them, and uh, was obviously made up at that, but. Felt myself going down the league um, fairly quickly when I decided to leave because I went to Grimsby when they were in the Championship, having been on loan there, and and thought, okay, I'll have a chance of more first team appearances there. But that didn't materialise a great deal, so I ended up going to Lincoln, and and that really kick-started my career, to be honest. And when I, I left Lincoln after two years, went and joined Mansfield, um, so a, a tour of the uh, the east of England, I think, and then. Um, then, then ended up getting a move to Notts County, which then uh, probably, probably, you know, started uh, a little bit of success for me. Um, started to get noticed a little bit, I suppose, having played in the, the central midfield, and we got um, promoted and were champions by by March time under Sam Allardyce. And, and at, towards the end of that season, got a move to QPR, um, which was a, a great move for me and the family at the championship. Um, Three and a half years there, going through this very quickly. Um, back to Notts County again for another three-year stint before getting a move to, to, to Scunthorpe. And at, at that stage, I signed a, a one-year deal. I was, what, 33, thinking uh, I'm, I'm in the twilight of my career. I've probably only got a season. Maybe maybe grab another one if I stay fit. Um, and it didn't really materialise like that. It uh, ended up being a... Uh, probably the most successful part of my career in terms of promotions and 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 uh, titles. So no, that was a, there's a brief resume. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, um, in, you arrived at the same time as Andy Crosby, uh, Paul Musselwhite as well, and obviously Scunthorpe had a pretty bad season the season before. Um, so it'd be interesting uh-huh. to know how how Laws sold the club to you in the summer before you signed on. Well, it helped because he took me to uh, the the Belfry Golf Club. Um, it, it found out that I, that I uh, I enjoyed golf. Um, Birmingham not being too far from Leicester, he, I think he was supposed to be playing with the chairman, and the chairman at the time probably I think ducked out of it. So um, I, I, I took somebody's place anyway, and ended up uh, 18, 18 holes of golf at the Belfry, which you know is one of the prestigious courses, having been a former Ryder Cup. Uh, venue and, and I think that sold it to me to be honest <laughs> the way the wages didn't take precedence obviously you 
you just mentioned there sort of how, how that sort of came about with Scunthorpe. But sort of previously to that, uh, it, you know, it, the season before we'd, we'd had a good, you know, we'd had a good team. You know, there was a lot of good players there, but we'd only actually survived on the final day. You know, so, did you know, did that actually yeah. sort of have any sort of uh, impact on, on you coming to the club? Was that, was that sort of come up in the discussion? Well, I think, yeah, I think so. And, you, you you know, it wasn't a decision I was going to make there or then. But um, there was a, a couple of other clubs that I was I was talking to at the time. But, but you know, nobody was really committing. I mean, I can understand. I, I was 33. Um, who wanted a, an ageing midfielder, stroke defender? Um, and... and you know, thinking about it, I just thought it was a it was a great challenge. I was able to stay in Leicester and travel. There was players travelling up from the East Midlands as well. Um, I looked at the squad that was the previous season and that would still be there. So the likes of Peter Beagry, Steve Torpy, knowing that that Crozer was going to sign as well, and and the project just seemed a, a you know one that one that sort of floated my boat, I suppose, um, and probably thought you know the club couldn't have had a bad, bad, as bad a season as the season before. So I'd always, when I played at Scunthorpe previously, it was a, a tight ground, um, small pitch. I knew that was going to benefit me. And, and um, you know, from there, I made the decision fairly quickly within a, a couple of days. So uh, that was with Brian tightening the screw a little bit and, and playing a bit of cat and mouse. But um, he still wouldn't relinquish the, the, the wages too greatly. Obviously, that season we were kind of miles clear at uh, top of the league at Christmas, and we were doing really well. Um, and then, sort of, came the Chelsea game. We had a decent cup run, and um, you know, you played a part in that. How was that to play Chelsea and uh, take them so so close, really, under Mourinho? Well, I think to have a, a good start to the season were, were, was was always important. Um, we managed to get off to a, a good start, if uh, memory recalls. And like you say, we were in the top, certainly the, the top three was it um in that in you know come up to christmas then you look forward to the fa cup and hopefully you you, you get through to the third round and hopefully you draw a big team so to draw chelsea away was um was great for everybody and it was a chance to test ourselves um against players at the highest level um Mourinho was there he'd not long gone in i don't think and and you know the the whole sort of build up to it, it was great it was something that could take a mind off the league um, at that stage, and, and I think we, we just went down there with an open mind. Look, we'll, we'll give it our best shot. And when we took the lead, I think it was uh, beyond uh, the wildest dreams of, of not only the supporters packed behind the goal, but uh, the players on the pitch. And I think it was important that the older players actually tried to calm things down and, and, and you know, get a bit of perspective from it. But um, Unfortunately, we couldn't hold them out, and, and it ended up being just one of those good days out. But um, you know, it got, again it gave us a, uh, I think, a boost knowing that you know for periods of the game you can compete with with better players, and and you know for us to take that sort of form into the the league was going to be important for the second half of the season. Yeah, I think this <clears throat> for many Iron fans of the area, it was probably one of the one of the best away games I've ever seen. I certainly remember being there and uh, standing in there for a split second in disbelief after Hayes scored, really, and couldn't quite believe what was going on. I mean, in terms of a spectacle and uh, and kind of just an experience, how does that rank up there with the other games you played in your career? Yeah, well, you, you you look back at some of the some of the bigger games you play, and and you know, fortunate enough to play at Wembley in a in a playoff final, and and. You know, you rank things alongside that, but to, to go to the bigger clubs when you are at a smaller club, um, 
you know, it wasn't much fun the other way around, to be honest. There's always the chance of the upset, and, and I was on the end of a couple of those. So, you know, to be thinking that you could actually, you know, turn Chelsea over um, and take the lead as well was was brilliant. And it's something that you always look back on and people remind you down the years of, I was at that game, similar to yourselves, and, 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 it, and it puts a smile on your face. Yeah, definitely does. Uh, you mentioned sort of before some of the players that were already in the team, sort of as you were joining, you say Torpy and, and Birgri. Uh, I think a lot of fans sort of at the time were saying that we were missing a sort of spine of the team from the season before and sort of yourself yeah. coming in sort of, it lended itself to that quite nicely. But sort of talk about some of those those players and sort of, I guess, how they sort of, uh, you know, how you sort of fitted in the team sort of with them. Uh, obviously, there was sort of partnerships starting to develop there. Sort of Hayes and Torpy obviously is one that comes to mind. No, I think it's important to any team, and I look at the teams that I, I I'm involved with now, and you you think, okay, if you've got a good spine with with good experience down it, then I think you've got a, a really good chance of um, of putting together a group of players that that can that can go and do something successful. And and you know, Crozer was a um, a rock at the back, but alongside Andy Butler, who needed someone like that to talk him through certain games, um, he'll probably turn around and say now that. You know, he's that in that position. Um, Crosser was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, I played alongside Richard Kell. I played alongside Spadge, uh, Matt Sparrow. Um, you know, there was there was young players that I think hopefully got a benefit out of playing alongside me. And I, you know, it wasn't a case for me that that uh, I tried to get them to do all my running for it. Hopefully, I was still fit enough to to get about and compete with them. So. Which was still enjoyable, but then you've you've got a bit of magic and trickery in, on the wings with Peter Beagree. We had a bit of pace down the other side with with Cleveland, um, and to have Torps up there, any team in, in League Two at the time, and even now you look back at someone like that and you think, yeah, he's going to play his part. And for someone like Paul Hayes to be running around off of him, um, you know, Torps was taking a lot of the pressure away from him because of you know he was the big the big ugly defenders would like to go and have a battle with Torps and and Hazy would pick pick little pockets in in uh, between the midfield and the strikers and and he was a good player a really good player and and I think it it just um it just worked really well and and the squad worked well together as a group as well we we pushed each other along I remember the first pre-season um you're getting to know each other but the amount of work we got through during that week we went away um, we all had a night out at the end of it, but knew that we had to train the next day. And even the camaraderie after a week, you know, people dragging each other through it. You, you set standards for each other, and 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 you're always trying to compete with that that person next to you. And I think that um, that was something that, that that was magical at the time. Then obviously we we secured promotion that summer. Um, it was it was quite good for the fans because obviously prior to the the season before. Um, we had quite a few failed attempts, you know, playoffs and not quite making it. And obviously it was great to get promoted. But were you a little bit disappointed as players and, and Lawsy that we didn't get uh, promoted as champions, having had that massive lead at Christmas? Yeah. Um, promotion was the, the number one aim. And, and, you know, to then have that, that uh, tinge of disappointment that we hadn't won the league, it just, yeah, it just took the edge off it a, a little bit. But, but I think... If you're in the top uh, top three and at that time, wasn't it? Um, and then the fourth fourteen came via the playoffs. It was, you know, it, that was the aim. And um, no, we we had some good battles with um, 
Yeovil, wasn't it? That uh, that just pipped us, I think. But it um, it, it was you know one of those where we you know we'd, we'd got we'd got where we wanted to be. And we couldn't quite finish it off, even though we had a, a good lead at some stage. But um, no, I think I think you, you sat there, you go away in the summer, and and you know you're looking forward to League One football. Whether that's as champions or or, or not, and uh, and I think for for us it was just a a relief to to get over the line. Yeah, and that obviously that um, final day at Shrewsbury, obviously the um, the full away end, it was it was just a great time, you know, for the fans and, and the players yeah, on that yeah. fence. They had that fence in front of the away end, proper old school ground. Oh, right. um, you know, how was that for the players at the end celebrating? Obviously, Wharton was on the pitch. It, it was just just a great day. Just, just relief, and, and the culmination in in nine months, nine ten months of of, of real hard work. Um, we went through some low points. Uh, you know, there was times where you'd, you'd fall out with each other. You need to have that. There was times where you know we thought the manager was being a bit harsh on us at times, or we could have done better, or you know. And, and I think all that comes together. You know, on a day where you're going to celebrate promotion, um, it was a tough game. We we couldn't break them down, could we? And, and uh, you know, you're wondering what's going on at other places. So, you know, we will still weren't assured of getting promoted until that final day. So, there was a lot of stress going into that that uh, weekend. I, I I remember vividly. I, I was full of full of flu. I, I was shivering on the bus on the way there. I felt um, I didn't feel great at all. But um, you know, to 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 have the relief and the and the, the joy at the end of it was uh, was unbelievable. You mentioned Brian Laws there. Um, how did you find him as manager, and where does he rank in sort of the managers you've played under? Uh, demanded excellence. Um, wanted us to play football in the right areas at the right time. He'd, he'd been schooled by Brian uh, by Brian Clough, and and you know I think he he was a he was a tough taskmaster. I think he took it a little easier on the on the senior players, and 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 at times that's not that's not right. I don't agree with that, but. You know, I think we were a group of senior players that, that were harsh on ourselves anyway. So um, I, I just think he fought, along with Russ uh, Wilcox alongside him and Nigel Atkins as physio, I think the three of them drove us on to, to, to the successes we got. And, 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 you know, as a management team, I think they, uh, they, they've probably been under, under, understated. In terms of your um, relationship with the fans, obviously we had a good season, we got promoted and um, I mean, I remember personally then a lot of fans would expect you to come over to the terrace or to the away end and uh, give a bit of a fist pump at the end and it's something we kind of anticipated. At, um, so, like, you know, how, how important was that and that connection with the fans? I, I can't remember how that started, but um, it just seemed to be one of them things that, that, that seemed to, you know, go on. I'm not sure it was that season, was it? I think it was probably the season after or, or the one after that even, but it was, um, no, it was special. I, I, the fans play a great part and, and if you've got them on your side, and I, and I know it's very easy when you're winning, but, um, you know, there was times where we didn't perform and I think the fans, you know, understood that, didn't get overly frustrated, which didn't transmit itself onto the players, um, which allowed us to go and, you know, play our game at times and to, to win games that we probably had no right to win um, and, and to, you know, grab a point even or, or come back from from a losing position. And, 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 and that was the, you know, the whole club coming together. And, and when you get that, you know, you're in a special place at, at a certain time. And, and I just felt that Scunthorpe was a, you know, a special place at that time for those 
for those few years that we had, um, and, and carried it on for for you know for, for that amount of time. We we were punching above our weight, you know, and I think you knew that as as um, as support supporters as well. And it was um, no, it was special time to be able to to celebrate. Yeah, uh, you mentioned sort of it's it's just at the start of when you know we had that sort of really excellent spell, sort of and probably one of the most successful uh, points in the club's history. But uh, just before that sort of '06 season, we have the first season in League One, uh, and it, it we sort of finished twelfth place. What was the sort of aim for that season going into it off the back of promotion? We we didn't know what to expect, and and we obviously knew that we um, <laughs> we still had the experienced players, but we needed some. Some fresh faces, that's for sure. Um, and that was the season that Andy Keogh came on loan, wasn't it? Billy Sharp came in. Um, was it that year? I'm sure it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we, we, um, I think mid-table to be to be to be not fighting out relegation towards the end of the season were, was was important. Um, did we really have enough to to compete in the playoff to get the playoff spot? Probably not. So so mid-table was probably. You know, we, we were we were satisfied with that, but we didn't want to stand still. Um, you know, we didn't want to rest on the laurels. If we could have pushed for a, a playoff place or promotion, then then great. We we had you know we, we I think we had the togetherness to go and do that. But um, I think it sort of set in place a um, a chance for us to go and kick on the following season, which which obviously proved um, you know the, the correct the correct thing. But um, no, I think I think. It's important for any team getting promoted that they they, they manage to cement themselves in the division they're going into, uh, and if they can carry on with the the momentum that they've they've gained from the previous season, then great. Yeah, and obviously that season we did have some really good wins. I think it was the season we won at Huddersfield. Was it four one? And you know there were some really promising results. Um, yeah. And you saw, obviously, you mentioned there Sharp and Keogh, but there was the start of that partnership and. Um, you know, we still had Beegs and, and players like that. So um, do you think that yeah. was kind of a precursor to the season that followed? Obviously, we, we had some really good, good, great results. It was sort of a building block to then kick on and, and really push for the playoffs or, or even better the next yeah. season. Yeah, I, I think it gave those new players, those young players, um, the belief, the confidence that we could go to, to places like... Uh, the standout result for me was 4-0 at Forest, um, live on Sky. That was that was that season as well, I think, wasn't it? I agree, um, yeah, absolutely. I love that I, game. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a great game to play in. We dominated the, you know, a team that were, were supposed to, you know, romp that league, um, and we in their own backyard. And I think, especially for Brian to go back there, and it was one of his last games, I think. Um, to get that result was, was was great for him, but great for the for for the players, and and you know, that it, it gave the younger players confidence, knowing that. We can compete, and and the following year, yeah, we probably could have a a chance of a promotion. Didn't realise how how well it would go, and uh, I don't think anybody could have envisaged that. But but you know, it's it, it was going to take time, and and building blocks had to be put in place, and and you know, we also had the the disappointment of losing Brian at that time. Um, but but you know, from from disappointment, it gives other people a chance, and, and other people did step up. Yeah, I mean, just um, regarding the, the Lowe's point, obviously he'd been at Scunthorpe United for a long time. He was one of the longest serving managers in the Football League, wasn't he? So when he left to go yeah. to Sheffield Wednesday, how did that affect the dressing room? Um, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Uh, we, 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 everyone was unsure as to what, what, you know, what it might mean. Um, obviously, Nigel 
was put in in charge, and, and myself and Andy were asked to to assist him. So nobody knew how that would work out. Um, certainly not because we were we were both playing regularly as well. How do, how would that affect the rest of the squad? Um, it was a strange time. I can remember and not knowing what what to expect really. And and um, you know it was just it was thankful that that you know we had a such a, a good group of players that they. Firstly, they accepted me and Andy as part of the team, still being get, still changing in in the, the changing room, and but then taking training as well, and it was a it was a really strange time. So, um, but you know we, we couldn't have done that unless everyone was willing to pull together, and and you know we had some really strong characters coming through as young lads as well. Cliff Byrne was was you know I remember was a, was a strong character. Um, you know Andy Butler was 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 forming a, his own character, and even though he was a, a young lad, you know. So, you know, we we had the the, the makings of a of a, a really good squad that was that the potential of staying together, knowing that out of the success, certain players were going to get their own successes, um, which you know needed to be uh, addressed and 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 obviously you know filled in when 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 losing those players. So when when Keo left or Billy left or, you know, you had to be able to replace them. And that, that was an important part. I actually remember I was at Glanford Park on the morning that um, Nige was confirmed as manager. Uh, I think I was doing some work with the, the study United or the study centre down there. And it did seem okay. a, bit of a, a bit of a strange atmosphere down there. I think it was, it was kind of like no one really knew how it was going to work, how, what was going to happen. Um, but obviously we were doing really well in the league. So I think there was a real excitement about, about kind of, how things might go, but I think the um, the fans at the time maybe did question the appointment of Adkins and maybe saw it as a bit of a cheap appointment, not really knowing his background. And you know, he, he obviously had his his time as manager in Wales. But um, yeah, how, how did that? How did you see that? You know, obviously Nigel being given the job. Did you did you think that would work? Well, we we, we found it quite funny because you know I don't I don't think Nigel was given the credit of being a you know a former professional footballer people just and the media jumped on it as well I, I know that the fans were singing you know who needs Mourinho we've got our physio and and um you know it was it was like he was it was purely a physio and the physio was taking over well you know Nigel spent I don't know 15 years maybe more as a, as a goalkeeper um I played with him at Wigan when I went on loan at Wigan and and so he probably wasn't given the credit of you know being in football for a, a long time um, which maybe worked to our advantage, I don't know. But um, no, it, it was it was quite amusing. Uh, we knew that we'd got we'd got a football man that was leading us, um, and he was he'd got some really really good ideas, even though you know some of them were thought of as being a little bit wacky at times. Uh, you mentioned earlier on that yourself and uh, Crosby was sort of uh, assigned to be the assistant coach to Nigel. Uh, sort of, how did that sort of decision come about? Were you sort of discussing it with Nigel himself? Was it uh, Steve Wharton that just sort of made that decision? How did, how did that all happen? I wasn't part of the initial talk. I, thought, I think obviously um, Nigel was, was was speaking to the chairman, uh, Mr. Wharton, and 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 you know it said, you know what sort of what sort of people do you want? You're obviously going to need help. Um, so to be pulled in that first morning and and you know by the chairman by Nigel um, and, and asked if I would you know fulfil the role of, of, of player coach um, initially to to see how how we got on um, was a strange one really I don't think I was expecting it uh, I think I was actually driving up 
um, from Leicester and, and Nigel rang me saying as soon as you get in the chairman wants to speak to you and we'll, we'll, we'll speak as a group so there I was with Cleveland in the car and, and, and a couple of others wondering what, what, I'd, what I'd done wrong and, and what was going to happen so um, no it, it, it took me by surprise Andy lived in the same village as, as Nigel, so he might have known a little bit earlier. Um, but it, it was it was something that probably had a, a, a tinge of excitement because I knew that I wanted to get involved in, in, in the coaching side of it, but was still you know, very much thinking I could play. Um, yet wondering, you know, where would it leave me? I don't know. Would, would it, you know, is there a decision? Have I got to, have I got to finish playing? Um, which I didn't want to do and I wasn't ready to do. So I, I don't know. I think I, I was in two minds at the, at the start. How did that trio kind of work as a dynamic then? Because obviously you had Adkins as, as the manager and then and then yourself and Crosby. Um, was it kind yeah. of joint effort on decisions or was it was it Nigel who had the final say? No, Nigel, of course, would have the final say, but he liked, he liked including the staff. So um, goalkeeping coach at the time would have been Kevin Pressman, and and you know I think uh, Lee Turnbull was was still there doing the uh, head of recruitment um, as he's always done for fifty years, um, <laughs> and, it, and it's like you know it, it was it was the five of us you know chewing the fat if you like on a on a Thursday, uh, Wednesday Thursday thinking you know how should we go against the respective team you're going to go up against. Um, but no, the responsibility ultimately fell on on Nigel, and he made the final decision. But he was um, he was very much uh, uh, a democracy. He, he liked talking to people and, and and finding out what they thought. And I think you know it was it was relevant what anybody what anybody suggested. And, and we came out of the uh, we came out of the the, the room, you know, as, as, a, as a group having um, you know decided on something, and that was fine. I'd just like to talk about some of the players you played with at the time, obviously, and <clears throat> we had some really exciting attacking players, didn't we, like Sharp and Keogh, and I think, you know, Sharp's probably yeah. one of the best strikers I've seen who played for Scunthorpe United. He just he just literally scored for fun, didn't he? So how, yeah. how much of a joy yeah. was it to play with players like that? Well, no, knowing you've got someone like that in the team, um, he was obviously more prolific than Andy Keogh, and he did a lot more work outside the box. Um, and, and, and Gary Hooper similar, you know, who, who came and replaced Sharpie, you just knew that you were in, in with a chance of a game, um, for winning a game if, you, if you've got somebody like that. And, and, you know, to have them players in the team, there was always always that, that uh, I don't know, it gave you a bit of security, if you like. didn't always work, but you always knew that it, there, was a, there was a chance. So if you fell behind in games, it, we wouldn't panic. Um We'd create chances. We'd always create chances. We were very, very good at creating chances. And we knew that eventually he might miss a couple, but it, it, it'd score. And, and himself, Gary Hooper, Andy Keogh, was, you know, Paul Hayes was quite prolific, I think, as well. So, you know, we were very, very lucky, or, or it was, you know, good recruitment, good work with the players that, that we, we managed to, to have that amount of successes with the strikers that we, we had and brought in. Um, to, to, to give us that success. So to have someone like that in the team was great. It was also a mouthy little bleeder as well. I don't know whether I could I could swear then, but it, but he's you know he's he's infectious and he was he was good crack off the, off the pitch. Um, he certainly made me feel a little bit younger at times and <laughs> and you know was was um, 
he was one of those that that just enjoyed being in and around the banter of, of, of a dressing room. Yeah, I, th- I think in many ways in in that period, you know, we we always knew that we had a pretty solid defence. Um, but you know, when when you couple that with with players as good as Sharpie, you knew you're pretty much going to score. You know, every other game, I think that's probably you know what the success was based on, really. Yeah, uh, strong defence is, is I think the the backbone of of any any successful team. Um, and then uh, you know, managers will tell you goal scorers. You need goal scorer to win games, um, and certainly prolific ones like like Sharpie and Hoops. Um, they win your leagues and they get you promoted. Um, you may not have them at that level for too long. Uh, we probably did all right with Sharpie. We kept him for a, a little bit longer than what we expected, but he was always going to move on, and it was important that we had plans in place to bring the next one in. So um, yeah, I think we we. We did really well with 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 that and those players that we that we had, and it um, it certainly gave us the uh, the success that was that was that we had over the over the few seasons. Uh, you mentioned the sort of the players moving on there, and obviously that partnership between Sharp and Keogh that was as Matt was saying it was really uh, important to our sort of success. But when Keogh moved on, you already, you mentioned yourself how much work that he did, and that strikes us as a sort of real potential to derail our season in many ways so w- was that a fear but obviously you got Jermaine Beckford came in then didn't he yeah it, that, it was one of those where Keogh left you you didn't want him to go you did for him for him personally and I think you know he, he's gone to Wolves for what is 600,000 whatever um you're thinking can you can you yeah can you find somebody who's going to have the same sort of impact um and in Jermaine you know we we, we didn't um we weren't quite sure what he was going to be able to deliver. Um, he wasn't as polished a finisher at the time, and, and um, but but he had the pace. Uh, he'd he'd, uh, he'd run the channels. He'd create space for for other players around him. So um, you know, again, that's another uh, another plus for the, for the recruitment and the management of, of of bringing in somebody like that and, and knowing that it you know it didn't derail us. Uh, yeah, and obviously then as we've sort of alluded to, that was the season where we sort of, I think, really, really started to see that success. Uh, and we get promotion and actually, you know, we win the league that year. And actually it seemed, from the fans' point of view, it seemed quite comfortable. Did it Did it feel like that in the terms of the team? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly so, I suppose. But we, we always knew that we were, say, punching above our weight. And to, to win the league that year was, um, was phenomenal, obviously. But, um, you know... It certainly wasn't expected. We didn't go, uh, you know, start that season thinking, okay, well, we're going to get promoted. We'll, we'll probably probably win the league. Actually, not a, not at all. And and you know, it was one of those where you just get on a roll, you go into games confident of winning it or getting some sort of result, um, and and it just breeds breeds confidence. And and you know, I, I don't remember going into games fearful of anybody at that season, and and certainly not. The, back, the, the the second half of the season where uh, you know we, we just felt you know it, it was it was it was going to happen for us i don't think there was any fear of it dropping away and we we wouldn't let ourselves do it we we had to say we had such strong characters and and the thirst for success was was immense um uh, say some some great characters that that you know we enjoyed our time on the road so we go away from home and it wouldn't it wouldn't you know we we didn't think that that would uh be fearful in any way and, and say we enjoyed each other's company and, and, and it was a it was just a, a kick around with your mates to be honest Was that a sort of ethos that Adkins and yourself sort of on the managerial team were sort of 
keen to sort of put across to the rest of the team? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think we wanted to change a great deal. There's certain standards that we wanted to meet. Um, you know, whether that that was something that they looked at, at myself and Andy and, and thought, okay, well, well, they're doing it and they're leading us, so so we, we've got to follow. Um, you know, I'd, I, th- I think it was everybody, all of the senior players driving the younger ones on and the younger ones, you know, driving each other on because they didn't want to be out of the team. And it was, a, you know, people were fearful of, of, uh, of getting left out um, because they, they, they wanted to be part of this success. And it was, uh, I can't remember how many players played that season, but it just felt as though it was the same team being rolled out as much as possible. And, and you know, when, you, when you're, you're able to do that, you know, I think you look back on any of a lot of the teams who get success, maybe not, you know, of, of, of recent years because it is all about the squad a little bit now, but certainly, you know, you use a, the fewest amount of players, generally things are going all right. When we were just speaking about Keo, it just reminded me of um, an article that uh, Nigel um, published on the Coach's Voice website, and he talked about um, how he was like really big on discipline, and he was really upset when players um, would get needless bookings and things like that, and then he kind of broke it mould a little bit and said to Keo, um, it's your last game when we played at Doncaster and he said, go and get a goal and get your shirt off. He says, I don't care. I just want you to feel good. So I kind of like, um, w- w- what was it like as a manager like that? W- was he big on discipline? But also I think you can see there that he was big on man management as well, because obviously there's a really real contrasting style in that quote and in the article, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Nigel benefited greatly from being a, being a physio. Um, it allows you to get close to players out about players you can uh, you know you can you can find out little bits about not just their life within football but but out of football as well um Nigel's a studious man anyway he still is and he he was always willing to to learn new things um new techniques he'd encourage me and Crother to go out and 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 try and you know watch different sports um and go go within within those sports and try and uh, find out what makes their their dressing room tick and and I think he he just you know he, he was someone who who was uh, a bit of a philosopher if you like he didn't mind trying new things um, and 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 you know has had the success off the back of that and, and quite rightly so um, you know I think he just knew how to speak to different characters and how to get the best out of them and and you know nobody could. Uh, doubt what he did with with those group of players yeah i mean as you said a little bit earlier um but you were just talking about how nobody really knew what to expect from Nigel. He, he was a little bit of an unknown quantity. So, I, I, you know, I, I could probably say that, you know, that might have worked in the advantage of the team and the club at the time because when, when teams were coming up against us, maybe they weren't sure to, what to expect, really. And But it actually turned out that, you know, Nigel was a great manager and he knew how to get his ideas across to players. So I just be interesting yeah. to know your take on that, really. Well, I wonder, I wonder whether teams actually thought we were we were just going to fall away at some stage and and I'm, I'm sure one or two teams did did think that that uh, you know surely they can't keep this run of games up or they can't keep winning at, at you know at certain points and 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 maybe did take us lightly but um you know it was to, to our benefit and and for for us we knew we had a, a really strong um strong work rate togetherness whatever you call it uh the bond that we'd 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 forged as a, as a group, even the new lads that had come in. You know, they um, they wanted to be a part of it, and they knew they had to work hard. And that there was a there was a you know standards were set 
uh, and and if anybody dropped below those standards, you know, they knew there was players there that was was ready to to come in and and and, and take over at any time. So um, I think that 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 all comes together as the ingredients to to make a you know a successful successful season, successful team. Obviously, that summer we lost Billy Sharp. He obviously he got his move back to Sheffield United, and I think we missed out on Jermaine Beckford as well. But having said that, we had a really good start to the championship. I think we were we were near the top, weren't we? After four or five games, um, you know how how was that the first kind of the opening couple of months? Um, because especially at home, we, we were really difficult to beat, and we were getting some really good results. Yeah, we we I mean different kettle of fish. You know, having got promoted from League Two to League One, we, we we probably knew that we could compete. We didn't know what was going to happen in the Championship. Um, you know, yes, we'd lost Sharpie, big blow, uh, but we knew we were going to lose him at some stage. Uh, it it was important. I, I think the the togetherness was really going to be tested this on on uh, this season. Um, we were going to lose games. We had to be prepared. That you know, in the knowledge that nobody panicked. Um, you know, we didn't want want anything to derail our our togetherness and our confidence. Um, on our day, we could compete, but we knew at some stages that you know teams like West Brom, I think Newcastle were there, were Leicester in the Championship at that time. Did they come up with us? We, we knew that you know going to teams like that, there was every chance that we could um, we could get beaten and beaten quite badly. So for us, it was a it was and a nice degree as well because he's not a screamer and a shouter and he wouldn't let things fester and. You know, he wouldn't drag a bad dis- a, a, a bad result, drag on for the rest of the week. And and you know, again, that that man of management and that the way his style, you know, probably uh, kept us together for as long as he as long as he did. And 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 you know, um, yes, the likelihood was that we we're going to get relegate, relegated, but um, you know, we made a made a good fist of it, I think. Yeah, and in in that season, we sort of saw from yourself a move sort of more to the coaching side of things. I think you had something like seventeen appearances that season. Was that a decision that you made yourself? Was was it coming from Adkins? How did that sort of come about? No, I think he was breaking it to me very gently. Um, <laughs> I, I I curtailed the, the the playing side of it, kicking and screaming. Um, sore loser, don't like to admit defeat. Um, but I think I think Nigel and, and maybe you better tell me. But um, we played away at Leicester. Um, it was the first time. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Played back at the King Power since it had been, since, you know, moving from Filbert Street. 
And I think that was my last game. Um, and I probably thought, you know, Nigel sort of said, look, you know, younger legs, younger players coming in. Uh, I'm going to need a bit more help because Cross is still playing. Um, you know, all the right things he was he was saying. I need you as a coach. I need you together on, you know, on, on the bench. But really, he was just saying, I think you passed it now and, and, <laughs> and somebody else needs to take over. Um, but um, and he was probably quite right. But then, you know, we... He played me at Leicester. Um, I got brought off after about 75, 80 minutes. And, and I think that was my last game. Um, I'd started my career with Leicester and I ended it at Leicester. And it just seemed, all right, OK, I'll accept that. That's, uh, that's probably the right time. Something we noticed as fans that season, I'm sure maybe you, you also noticed it as, as players and coaches, was that you don't always like to blame referees and officials, but we seem to have a lot of key decisions go against us that season. Um, and I think so much so, Jamie Jamie Hammond put together a bit of a dossier on, on poor, poor refereeing decisions and how it cost us that season. Um, did you kind of feel that yeah. as players and, and coaches, or kind of, was it just kind of like one of those things that happened? Yeah, I, I remember getting frustrated at, um, at officials from time to time during that season because it was always... All right, the small team syndrome, yeah. A bit like Jamie Ammon, small man syndrome. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was one of those things where, where you thought, well, it was the easy decision to give it against Scunthorpe because, you know, 30,000 fans at the Hawthorns aren't going to have a go at me. And, and we, we um, yeah, we felt aggrieved a few times. But do you know what? I, I don't think you can really blame that on the, the, the full full course of a season. Um, but yeah, I thought we were, we were we did get the rough end of a, a few few refereeing decisions, um, but but it certainly couldn't. Um, I don't think we could apportion that to getting relegated. And, and it, it is it's not a nice feeling, and you do feel as though you're being picked on at times as the as the, the little kid in the in the playground. And then obviously it's a, it's a bit of a bounce back season, isn't it? The following one, and you know we're going straight back up through the playoffs. But let, let's just talk about the the other the side of it was the Johnston Paint run that we went on, and obviously got Luton in the final at Wembley. Uh, was that a, an aim that cup right from the start? I seem to remember Nigel was saying something along those lines at the time. Yeah, uh, it was. We'd, we'd spoken about um, the various competitions, and it was uh, one of those. Yes, we wanted to get promoted. We wanted to bounce straight back if possible and, and felt we had a, a good chance of doing that. But also, you know, a, a cup run is always nice, uh, not only for finances, especially if you get deep into the, the competition like the Johnson's Paint, um, which is only financially rewarding if you did get to the final, if I seem to remember. Um, but we wanted to, to do well in, in, in all, the, all the competitions and, and, you know, felt that that wouldn't, um, derail us in the in the league, and and uh, you know we, we managed to get to the final, and I actually believe, and we spoke about it afterwards, and and since that that you know if we hadn't got to the final and hadn't been defeated, then then we probably wouldn't have got promoted. It gave us the the hunger, the desire to to manage to to, to get that sixth place in the in the league, and 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 you know, creep in uh, into the playoffs and, and give ourselves a chance of going up via the playoffs. So, no, I think I think that was uh, that was something that was very important. We'd have loved to have won it, of course, but if we'd have won it, that might have taken us uh, off of the, taken an eye off, off of the league, which, um, you know, we, we eventually managed to, to get a playoff place. 
I think, you know, regarding the defeat to Luton at Wembley, um, I, I, you know, did, did Nigel kind of use that as a sort of like a fuel to spur you on and sort of say, you know, you don't want to be in the same position the next time you're at Wembley? And obviously, you know, we got to the playoff final against Millwall, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. No, it was it was something we all wanted to go back and we all wanted to taste victory. We wanted to walk up the steps uh, having been a winner. And um, no, that. I, I never felt as soon as we got into the playoffs, I felt as though we were we were gonna we were gonna get to Wembley and there was no way we were gonna get defeated. Um, I know that the games were close, you know, beating MK Dons in the semi-finals. I remember um, going to penalties and then uh, obviously Millwall's comeback during the the final or our comeback. I can't remember. I've forgotten which way it was now, but it was, you know. Um, it was a roller coaster, I know that, but I never felt as though we were going to get beaten. Uh, yeah. what, what was that sort of like in terms of uh, you know being in the playoffs uh, as from the sort of coaching side of things? Because obviously this is something that the uh, managerial side of it is quite new to you at this point, and you know yeah. it, it's quite. I guess you've gone through quite a lot already. We've had the relegation the previous season, and then the cup run, and then going straight into sort of a, a big playoff game. It's was that sort of were you learning quite a lot during that time? You had to, yeah, um, very much so. We, we were novices, really. Um, we, we got a promotion on our record. We got a, a relegation on our record. And, you know, we, how do you cope with the, the playoffs? And, and, you know, again, there was a, a small turnover of players as well. And, and, you know, bringing those new players along with you and, and you know, trying to, to get that, um, that, that, that same sort of feelings that we'd had the last couple of years. Um, and, and, and also, you know, making sure that you keep people level-headed off the pitch. And, and, you know, I found that more and more of a role as an assistant manager, if you like, um, when I, I, I pretty much finished playing and, and, you know, felt as though I, I could take that on my shoulders a little bit more and easier from that position because I was, you know, no longer getting changed and having to play with the players in the in the dressing room um, and, and feel as though I could um, I could probably say a little bit more. How much does how much credit does Wharton um, kind of need for for that season? Because I think it would have been quite easy after the relegation to maybe cut the budget, but he seemed to obviously make funds available, and, and Gary Hooper came in, and obviously Wolford as well. So the, there was investment in that side, and um, that obviously played a big yeah. part in promotion. Yeah, uh, it, it it was, and it was it was something. I think you know, I think the chairman was a was a fair man um, from. From what I gather with Nigel, and but you know it wasn't, it was never going to put the club in in jeopardy financially. So you know the the players that did come in, we had to you know we we, we got them from, you know from 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 not playing really. Or, or Woolley Woolley came in from non-league Frickley, didn't he? And and Gary Hooper wasn't getting in the South End team, and and you know we we some some diamonds were were, were plucked out of the uh, out of the stone really. So it was it was you know. Yes, it, it would have been easy to to sell off certain players, but I think he held back off selling players as well. So, look, the chairman was a big part of it. He had belief in us. He had belief in Nigel and 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 myself and Andy. Um, and having got relegated the previous season, yeah, it, it could have been quite easy for him to to move us on and and get somebody with more experience, I suppose, as well. But he he had the faith. Um, he backed Nigel. He backed ourselves, and um, and 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 it and it worked. So so credit to him, yeah. 
Yeah, it definitely worked. And obviously the following year, we do stay up in the championship, which we'll discuss, I think, in a minute. But just before that season, off the back of the playoffs, we've already had one season in the championship that we came down from. Did How do you sort of approach that as that sort of managerial group? Is there a sort of a different approach? You know, you know, you know the league a little bit better now, I guess. How did that sort of go about before the season started? It was probably a similar feel to when we first went into the championship. Um but we, we 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 probably like you say yes. There was players there that had had championship experience, um, knew that we could compete at that level. We needed to get the signings right, um, and we felt we we did. We strengthened in in good areas. We probably had a little bit more depth in the squad as well. So you know we weren't as fearful as as going into it um, as what what we did two years previous. I don't think so. Yeah, that 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 time helped us. And, and like anything, you know, the experience of it, um, it benefits benefits everybody. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody thought that, um, you know, there was any ambitions of getting anywhere near the playoffs or anything like that. But just trying to compete and stay in the division was a was a, a success for, for Scunthorpe at that time. You know, just regarding strikers again, um, obviously we had a really good partnership with, you know, Sharp and Keo, but moving into the championship, we were lucky enough to have, you know, Hoper and Hayes. Um, it must have been yeah. quite unusual for a, a small club like Scunthorpe to, to kind of have such a strong track record of bring, bringing strikers in that, you know, proved to be, you know, top class for our, our kind of level. You know, how, how lucky did you feel to have another really good partnership in the club? Well, along with, like you've already mentioned, Jermaine Beckford, but... Um... Martin Patterson, people forget about him. Mm. Um, you know, it was it was eventually it had to come to an end because you know the run of players that we kept bringing into the, the squad and, and and selling on for for a profit. You know, I'd, I think it had to run out at some stage, and I think that's probably where where Nigel got out at the right time. You know, knowing that um, we probably weren't as strong as what we we had been in previous seasons, and and it's it's gauging that right. Um, but we, we we did. We had some had some really good partnerships up front, and and managed to to you know to integrate them within the squad pretty quickly, and they they hit the ground running. You mentioned there, obviously the the following season, um, the summer transfer window wasn't great. I think obviously Hooper went, Hayes went, uh, Grant McCann, and and even Matty Sparrow went to Brighton, um, and yeah. there was. There was uh, a few interviews kicking around at the time. I think Paul Hayes had said he would have stayed if you know if the club had to give him a bit longer. It wasn't a case of money; it was just the the length of the contract. Do you think the club yeah. did it that summer? I know you just mentioned there that obviously Nigel maybe got out at the right time. Do you think the club could have done a little bit more to to keep that nucleus together? Possibly, possibly. But but at that time, I I wasn't aware of of the financial side of things. Um, Nigel never never really um, discussed that side of it with us. Um, there were certain things I remember we were, you know, we're getting frustrated about, you know, could we have a, a, a bit more money to invest in, in, in players, you know, that, that were there as well as those that we, we wanted to bring into the club. And, and we probably weren't quite getting our targets that we wanted to. Um, and I think agents were, were starting to think, well, they've got a bit more money than what they, you know, what they're, um, giving up to and, and you know we'll, we'll take our clients elsewhere and I think we missed out on one or two players you know for the sake of an extra couple of hundred quid where, where you know you think oh come on you know push the boat out a little bit more and we can we can continue this success but um, no it, it was it, it was a shame but um, 
you know, we 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 were losing players and, and not not being able to uh, bring in the you know the same type of player to to replace them. Uh, yeah, but obviously in that in that season uh, we we do actually you know we win two of the first four games and then as you just mentioned you know Nigel he does leaves he goes to Southampton and Crosby goes with him. Uh, I, yeah. I believe I remember rightly thinking that the original plan was for for you to go with them. Is is that right? Um, Nigel spoke to me uh, on numerous occasions as he did. Um, kept us up to speed myself and and uh, Crosby. Uh, yes, he, he wanted to go as a team, a management team. We'd had success. Um, you know, we, we, we worked well together. We all had different skills, I think. Uh, and yeah, uh, and, and I remember him one, one morning before training, I think it was uh, pretty much set that he was he was going to be signed on the dotted line, that we were going to lose him. He spoke to me in one of the dugouts um, overlooking the, the, the pitch and, and said, do you want to come with us? Um and I said, my bags were packed. I'm ready. Yes, uh, would love to. And then within the space of that day, things changed. And, and whether it was a, a mixture of Mr. Wharton not letting um, all of us go as a group or the Southampton chairman, Cortese at the time, saying you can only bring one person, um, I think it was probably a mixture of both. And, and you know, Southampton were either not prepared to pay um, the money for, 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 for the whole management team or Mr. Walton was asking too much and wanted to, to keep one of us back. I don't, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I remember being disappointed that uh, I wasn't part of the group going to, to Southampton. And you obviously offered the caretaker manager role. Um, the first first game was, was it a 4-0 win at Sheffield United? Um, but how did that departure kind of impact the dressing room? Obviously, two, two big parts of, of the previous successful seasons um how yeah. did the take that yeah it was a ma- it was a massive blow it was um it was a blow to everybody you know i think it deflated certain players um i felt deflated but 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 had to you know pick pick myself up very quickly um you know i think i think the chairman was disappointed but knew that he could only hold on to him for so long um, and I think I think it hit the club. I think the supporters were were wondering what was going to happen now, and um, you know, some some who, who was going to take over. Well, I I I wasn't uh, I wasn't ready for it as such. I don't think. And, and looking back, certainly uh, certainly wasn't ready for it because I knew that we were we were going to struggle. And and you know the only the only thing that agreed to me to take over. One was getting that result at Bramall Lane, I suppose, <laughs> and probably probably should have quit then. Um, <laughs> and, and secondly, you know, I, I didn't want another manager coming in, uh, and then me being unsure as to, to to what my position would be further down the line. Um, you know, I'd made my mind up. We'd had conversations. I wanted to go to Southampton, and becoming manager of Scunthorpe was was I have to admit it was the second best. Uh, at the time, um, but I quickly had to, to pull myself around and, and knowing that, that, look, we've got a tough season and the chairman had said to me, listen, I expect us to get relegated. Whatever happens, if we get relegated, you'll be in charge to have a chance to bring us back from, from League One. And, and that was that was a guarantee verbally that, um, that probably made my mind up. And, and unfortunately, um, 
as soon as we dropped into the bottom three, the first time we dropped into the bottom three, we um, <laughs> those that, those words didn't ring true. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll come back onto that uh, in very shortly. Actually, uh, just mentioning sort of your very early start, sort of as the manager, you're saying you weren't necessarily, I guess, ready for it. But I'm thinking about that Man United game that came very early on, and I think that might have even been your first home game. I think as as the caretaker yeah. manager, was was that a sort of a, a bit of a lot of added pressure, sort of to with the, all the focus sort of on the club at the time, and also the fact that now we've got this game that's going to be on TV, and it's it's a fairly strong Man United side that's going out there, and then. And obviously, yeah. there's the whole thing that got picked up in the national press with the fact that Sir Alex didn't come to the game, you know, and that, so it kept that game in the spotlight for quite a while. Yeah, it was. Um, it, there was a, a, a range of emotions. Yep, you've got to prepare a team to go and play Man United. You're at home. Um, you've got a chance of um, upsetting the odds, if you like. Um, we've got players that are on their day could could compete for us for a period of time, but. You know, and we, I remember we made the mistake of taking the lead in that game as well. Um, <laughs> and, Great and, goal. You know, also which, which bottle of red wine to buy as well. That that was a that was a massive pressure on the night. So, um, but maybe maybe Sir Alex had, had got wind that I'd, I'd only shopped at Sainsbury's and he didn't fancy it. So <laughs> he um, he 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 decided to, and I read I've read his books, a couple of his books since and he, he says there's only two occasions that I never came to a game um, as manager one was for, I think for the for the marriage of his of one of his sons um, and the other one was was to play against my team so I don't know how to take that but um, <laughs> it was um, it, it was a disappointment for sure uh, not just to you know to just what one not win the game having taken the lead but two to, to not not have 10 or 15 minutes with Sir Alex um, at, at the end of the game, and, and just try and uh, learn from a, a few pearls of wisdom. Did he have any reason for that? Did he contact you or, or the club, or was it just that he was he was scouting no. another player? I think he went to Valencia. Actually, I think they were mm. playing Valencia the following week in the Champions League, and and, and felt that Mickey Phelan was was able to to take the team, which he obviously was. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and Mickey Mickey passed on his his apologies and and. Um, you know that that was that was that. You know, I probably should have picked the phone up to Sir Alex afterwards and and said, "What what the hell are you playing at?" You know, but uh, no, I didn't have the balls. Yeah. <laughs> Something that happened that season was the appointment of Steve Parkin as your assistant. Um, was that your decision? And do you think that was a, a good good appointment, or or did that not quite work out? I thought I thought it was a great appointment. It was my decision. I wanted somebody with with good experience. Um, Parky had been with, uh, and and the only regret looking back now is that he'd been associated with Hull and and <laughs> you know Phil Brown, and 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 people probably weren't going to take take to him for for that reason. But um, Steve Parkin wasn't the reason that we we struggled that that year. Steve was was um, was someone who I'd, I'd kept in touch with from playing at Mansfield with him. Um, he was a great character. He still is a great character, and he's had success with with Phil Parkinson ever since um, and 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 he's you know he, he's proved his worth he was he was right for me at that time because he he'd been a manager he'd coached at a really good level and he was someone that I, that I needed to, to to lean on at the time and and um, you know we had some um, we had some good times amongst that you know during that season but uh, for whatever reason 
we weren't given the chance to, to come back the following year. So so it was um, a disappointment. That I felt that I'd let let him down um, along with Kevin Pressman, and and that um, you know I I sold him the the club on the fact that look we're going to struggle in this first season, but but you know we'll have next year to to um, put together a team of our own and 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 you know go go for League One again. Um, you know, just moving on to the January transfer window of that season, I just obviously, you know, as you spoke to Steve Watton um, when you when you took the job on, you said that you know you didn't really expect the team to stay up. How how much emphasis was was on the budget in January to try and draft some players in to maybe give us a fighting chance? Obviously, you brought in you know Paul Reed and Matt Duffy as well, and you spent a little yeah. bit of money. And how how well were you backed in general during that January transfer window? Do you think? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't complain. I felt as though I had the backing of of, of the chairman and, and the club on bringing players in. Um, we talked about the emphasis of bringing young players in, and, and I know that several young players were spoken to um, at the time in trying to get them over the line. Um, we tried to forge a relationship with Man City. I remember we brought in um, Ibrahim uh, Abdi, uh, who, who played a handful of games, but. You know, probably didn't uh, didn't fulfil the potential that we saw in him at the time, and and you know it's so important for a club like ours, especially in the Championship, to get those those players right. And I think we picked up you know injuries from with certain players as well, key players at the time, and and uh, you know we weren't able to to, to maintain a, a level of performance that was giving us a chance to you know to to stay away from that bottom three. And and you know the night that we we did get. Uh, sucked into the bottom three, be- getting beaten by Preston, who were bottom at the time. I think was um, was a was a disappointment and and something that I think, you know, I think some people panicked and and um, and and I, I never expected that. You mentioned there a couple of the players that that were brought in, sort of Paul Reed, even Michael Nelson. They were kind of yeah. towards their end of their careers, and you wanted there to be an emphasis on younger players. They obviously yeah. came late in the window. Were they kind of not panic signings, but were they kind of we couldn't get the younger players, so we we kind of went for them and opted for them in the end. Yeah, I think so. And I know I wanted to bring I wanted to bring at least one experienced centre half in. Um, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't feel as though we were we were the most experienced of teams at that time, and and you know need, needed someone to to try and lead us, and and um, you know bringing those two in 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 the end felt it gave us a fighting chance of having some leadership. Um, but I think, I think Reedy got, got injured quite early on. Um, Mickey Nelson, um, possibly the championship was too much for him at the time. And, and, and it just, it just didn't, uh, didn't work out the way we wanted it to. So, you know, it was a, it was a, a struggle, but we, we knew we were going to struggle. And, and, you know, it was a case of trying to bring, Young players through at that time, give them an experience, give them some exposure um, before you know going into a League One campaign that we we you know probably would be a League One campaign that we you know could could try and uh, get ourselves back up. So there was a, a bit of um, preparation for the following season as well as still giving ourselves a chance of trying to stay up that year. Uh, and on the other side of things, we obviously had a couple of players leave at the time, and Martin Walford obviously is, is one of those. He's obviously been a very big part of yeah. you know Scunthorpe's success. How how big a loss was that? Because I think he'd already scored something like eight goals at the time for that season. Yeah, ma- ma- massive player. Didn't want to didn't want to lose him. Uh, I remember having arguments with his uh, with his agent at the time, and and 
saying, look, look, we, we don't have to let him go. We don't owe him anything. Um, we'd certainly like him to do well, but, but, you know, we wanted him to go at the end of the season with our blessing, having kept us in the league. And, and um, no, to, to lose someone like that, who was not only a, um, like you say, a goal scorer in his own right, but he, but he created so much from the, from the flanks and uh, gave us that little bit of pace that we, we needed at times. And, and, you know, to lose someone like that was um, was a big blow. Uh, moving on to uh, February, obviously, you know, we, we brought the players in in the January window, and we we had you know we had some good good results against Forest and Sheffield United and Swansea. At that point, did, did you kind of think that ah look we're starting to turn? You know, maybe there was a, a glimmer of hope of survival, or were you still very much in in in, in the kind of thought process that it's just still going to be a really tough tough slog if we're going to do it? It was always going to be a tough slog. Um, we knew that, but it, but I, I I still felt confident that we could we could you know eke out the results at the right time to 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 just keep our head above the parapet and and you know those those performances against Swansea and Forest. You know I remember going away at Swansea. We we got beaten in the last ten minutes. I think we lost two nil. And I remember speaking to Brendan Rodgers after the game. It was just me and him, and he and he and he complimented our team um, very much in 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 so much as we were the only team that had gone there that season actually tried to attack them and, and cause them problems. And it gave them a different um, a, a different challenge. And, and, and so they only got the, the two goals in the last 10 minutes, I remember. So when they came to our place, you know, and we, we turned them over, I think it was 1-0, wasn't it? Um, again, Brendan was very complimentary. And, and actually, when I got the sack, he was the first person to ring me and, and invited me down to Swansea came down towards the end of the season, treating me very well, um, gave me a, a seat on the top table during their, their awards dinner um, and, you know, was, was, was very, very good to me. So, um, you know, he was disappointed at that time and shocked, I think, as, as one or two others were. But it was, you know, it was, it was always going to be tough. It was always going to be a, a slog and, and, it, and it, you know, we were fully prepared to go down to that last game. You've mentioned the Preston game there. Obviously, it was really disappointing, and I think we were three 0 down fairly fairly early on. And I think that night the yeah. the fans of certain section certain um, section of the fans did kind of turn that game and maybe yeah. got quite toxic in the ground. And as someone who had a really good relationship with the fans, how did that feel on the sideline? Considering sort of you were left with a bit of a depleted side that season. Well, I get the frustration, and and I understand that totally. You know, fans want success; they've had success over the previous season. Um, but I also thought that the Scunthorpe fans were, were were were, you know, fairly knowledgeable when it came to, you know, we're punching above our weight. What's the expectation levels? And maybe the expectation levels had, had risen too much. Um, but for that that night, I remember things didn't go right. Yes, I think we were three down before half time. Um, I remember, I think somebody got a cut eye or a cut head. Um, he had to go off and get stitched. I can't remember who it was. And we were down to 10 men and we lost a, you know, should I bring a, a sub on? Or, or, you know, I was, I was trying to get a message from the, the doctor. You know, do we have to make the substitution or is it going to be a quick one? And, you know, there was a, there was a certain amount of dithering about, you know, decision making on, you know, what's what's going to be what's going to happen yet. Yeah, it's only going to take a couple of minutes. Don't make a substitution yet. And, and, and you lose a goal. And it, it just, it seemed to go wrong that night. Um, and, and, you know, for me, it was massive disappointment, but um, I certainly wasn't expecting what was going to happen an hour after the game. And, and again, it was a, it was a, a real kick in the stomach, but I understand the fans, 
being the way they, they are or the way they were, um, you know, it wasn't going our way and, and, and we were losing to the team that was, was bottom at the time. But uh, if I remember rightly, probably had five times the budget of what we were we were working on. Do you think the reaction of the fans that night forced Wharton into making a decision? I think he panicked, yes, I do. Um, I'm not sure it was his decision solely. Um he was the one that, that delivered the message, but I think, you know, he, he, he kept counsel with, with certain, you know, with directors as well. Um, funnily enough, the directors had left the ground by the time I was spoken to in the boardroom. Strange that. Um, and, and uh, you know, I hadn't, didn't speak to them since. So, um, so, you know, that was, that was strange. I understood where, where the chairman was coming from. Um, he felt as though a change was needed. But I felt as though he'd gone back on his word of, um, you know, expecting to get relegated and, and, and you know, you'll have a, a chance to bring the, the club forward again the following season. I, I was left in, in no man's land in taking the job and I, and I knew that, the, you know, the, the task that was in hand um, and, and knew it was a, a massive job to keep us up and, and not to be given the chance to go to the end of the season and certainly not, you know, start the next season was was just a, a really bitter way to, to, to end the relationship with Scunthorpe and one that I certainly didn't want. And, and say that relationship with the fans that was, that was great from a player as a coach and taking on the job as a manager, it, um, it, it, it got tarnished a little bit. Um, let's let's just sort of mention that because obviously this is your sort of first real real sort of spell as, as manager and it's sort of not ended in, in the way that you hoped to. Uh, but, you yeah. know, following on from Scunthorpe, you know, you've had you know quite a lot of success i think in uh, sligo rovers especially you know one of uh, one of if not their their most successful manager uh, good sort of spells at motherwell as well you obviously before we yeah. come on to the northern ireland position just sort of talk a little bit about sort of how you i guess how you sort of got back into managing managing after sort of being removed from scunthorpe yeah you you have to get back on the bike and and you've got to be resilient in the game and i knew that <laughs> i knew from my short time seven or eight months as managing Scunthorpe that I wanted to do that I wanted to continue coaching I enjoyed being out on the pitch working with players um, I wanted to work at first team level um, and, and it was a case of just trying to stay in the game in whatever way I could at the time and, and uh, you know in between getting sacked at Scunthorpe and taking the job in, in the Republic of Ireland at Sligo it was 11 months but I'd kept myself busy in Visiting football clubs up and down the country, I worked for uh, Watford and, and uh, as a, a scout. Um, Lee Turnbull had gone down there, so he'd um, he'd help me go out and watch games and, and work for you know at, at a good level and watching watching players for for Watford and and you know it had kept me knowledgeable about players and and, and people within the game. So by ever way whichever way I could, I was always trying to stay in the game and and. You know, it was my first period out of the game again, so so I hit personal lows uh, at that time certainly, but um, had to keep going, and 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 that was something that it it drove me on, knowing that that I'd got more to offer, and and certainly when I was given the opportunity to go to Sligo, um, I wanted to prove certain people wrong, and 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 was was badly driven by that, and and it was um, something that that gave me great joy when we. We did go and uh, win the first league title for 35 years in Sligo and then followed by winning the cup and uh, getting into Europe and being part of the Champions League and having that success. And it, and it was great. So, 
Didn't you come up against Brian Laws at, at Shamrock when you was at Sligo? <laughs> I did. Yes, we did. He, he got brought in for, I think, about a six-week period. And <laughs> I think Russ was with him as well. And, and um, Of course. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was funny. That was strange, but um, <laughs> he, he was he was coming into my territory at that time, so we were do we'd, we'd, we'd done well, um, and and I felt as though uh, I had the upper hand on that, and and uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, that spell for him didn't last so long. I don't know what the the actual makeup or what the the remit was for him there, but um, Shamrock Rovers weren't weren't going through a great time, and and uh, I wanted to twist the knife a little bit. Uh, and obviously now your sort of current position is you head of the Northern Ireland under 21 side and, and again sort of you can join quite a lot of success with that team as well how's that sort of experience you know managing I guess an international side as opposed to a club level one yeah definitely one one, one that I never expected um, I'm English I you know I'd, I'd had a spell in the Republic of Ireland I love the, love the country of Ireland and um but but certainly to, to to be involved in international football was something that i didn't envisage um so when the chance came along i was uh, assistant manager at oldham steve robinson who's now manager at motherwell had been sacked from oldham i was the assistant still to john sheridan um but felt as though i needed to move on because uh, i think the club or john may, may have moved me on at the end of the season to to, to bring his own man in anyway so when I knew this opportunity was coming up, I um, I applied. I managed to get an interview, and um, out of out of six who got an interview, I I managed to get get given the offer the job. So um, I've loved 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 what we've done. Um, I've enjoyed working with under twenty one players. It's the first time I'd, I'd done that previously uh, before before now. So um, you know, it was something that 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 Michael. O'Neill made very easy for me in respect of go and run it how you see fit. Give me carte blanche as to as to how how to run it, and um, and we had a, a great first uh, first campaign. You know, ending last year, we came second, runners up to Spain, uh, and having amassed 20 points. And and um, you know, the, the country at that level hadn't got that many points ever in a, in a campaign so it was um it, it was it was great and and beating spain along the way in their own backyard was was probably the standout performance i think yeah you know we've probably charted the course of your um managerial, managerial career up to this point um just ask a couple of general questions really um on you know i'd just like to know who who was your favorite player to play with while you were at scunthorpe united oh favorite player to play with wow um <laughs> That's difficult. Uh, that's difficult because there was there was so many, so many good relationships forged. I suppose I signed at the same time as uh, as Crozer. I roomed with Crozer. Um, he's my assistant manager at uh, the under 21s at the moment, as well. Um, so I've kept a really good relationship with him. And um, and and for me, I suppose I've got to, I've got to say Andy Crosby. But uh, you know, there's many players along the way. You know, we've already spoken about already Sharpie, uh, Peter Beagrey, you know, Peter Pan, I suppose, on the wing. Um, <laughs> Cleveland, who I used to drive in, you know, day in, day out with from Leicester. Oh, but that was great. fun. <laughs> oh, he was. Well, you know, he's, he's smart. You've already spoken to him, I think, haven't you? His he, smile, he, infectious character. He, he, um, he, he, was, he was someone who was just, he just, 
you know, he brightened up your day at times. So Tommy Johnson, he was only there for a brief period, but Tommy was 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 one of our, our uh, car park karaoke members, and and it was um, <laughs> it just uh, people that you meet along the way that you you, you know you, you can see in a in, in a ground now and 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 just smile at each other and just know we had a great time. Uh, just sort of talking about. Um you know, people you've met along the way and things like that. I just sort of want to go on to the sort of managerial side of it again. And you've already mentioned sort of obviously working with Nigel and sort of Crosby. And and then obviously we talked about parking earlier on. Uh, but sort of it, it seems like in, in many ways you've, you've sort of been learning sort of, I guess, being a manager and what that entails sort of as you go. What, what sort of traits have you sort of, I guess, picked up from sort of all of those sort of characters along the way? Well, I've always tried to, to tap into people's experiences um you know thinking back to the time that that i was a player under sam allardyce and the way he treated me as a player um also when i when i was leaving Notts county you know it was the first year of the um you know leaving under the freedom of contract the bosman and and i left Notts county and you know he was fuming at me for for leaving and 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 going to Notts county uh, to qpr but you know experiences like that i tried to draw upon that and and I've always tried to, to to go into different clubs, see the way people work, see the way they coach, try and pick up on how they talk to their players and, and learn from that. Ultimately, you've got to be your own man. You can't be somebody else. Um, that that will be wrong. And um, for me, you, you, you just you, you keep picking up those those experiences uh, as, as, a, as a, a person yourself and, and just using them. To, to, to your own good really and that's that's taking the, the bad bad bits of, of people as well uh, and I think I think actually that's a, a very quite nice place to to stop on actually and so thank you so much Ian for doing this and obviously we wish you all the best with the rest of the you know your time with the under 21s as well I hope that goes really well thank you so much for doing this really appreciate it no you're welcome enjoyed it and thank you very much to everybody for listening to this one all the usual stuff like share subscribe retweet it and we'll see you on the next one goodbye